This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Alright, Maris, how's it going? It is my pleasure to introduce you, the listeners of the Blue Army Podcast, to our first ever official sponsors. It's Carlisle's number one music venue. That's right, I'm talking about the old fire station Carlisle. Relive the 90s Manchester vibe with live music from the happy Mon days and a DJ set from Clint Boone of the Inspiral Carpets. Happy Mon Days, the number one tribute band to the Happy Mondays, bring you all the cult classics and best-selling hits of Manchester's number one baggy band. And Clint Boone, one of the most sought-after club DJs in the country right now, will play your favourite hits on Saturday the 23rd of April. And those tickets are just £15. This gig, along with hundreds more, is brought to you by the old fire station Carlisle. To buy tickets for this and any other event, please visit www.ofscarlisle.co.uk. OFS obviously stands for Old Fire Station. One more time, that is www.ofscarlisle.co.uk. Get your tickets now. You can also get on all their social media links, Facebook, Twitter, and the rest of them by searching the old fire station Carlisle. My name is Chris Billet. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. Hello, my name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Um, I'll just hit record. Yeah, but the, it was, it was, I mean, hats off to Liverpool for the Cabro Cup final, obviously, um, winning it. Um, but yeah, just, I can't, I couldn't be doing with VR, so I think that's a, that's a nice place to walk <laughs> and I couldn't be doing with VR, so glad I'm a Carlisle fan, uh, as you were just saying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, man. Um, right, we'll, uh, we'll get things kicked off, mate. Eh? Um, obviously, we've got a bit more positive news to cover this week so hopefully it'll just be a bit more fun yeah. and we've got birthdays coming back because uh, we've, we've got the birthdays back so that's always great as well um, and the joke of the week I mean we'll just see how it goes we'll just see how it goes <laughs> right. I'll, uh, I'll get things started mate I'll get things started <clears throat> oh 
Tomorrow's How's It Gone? And welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is episode 57. And once again, I am joined by the Cumbrian Yocho Sensation himself. It's Blue Army TV's Liam Denwood. All right, mate. <laughs> you right, mate? How's it gone? Much better this week, mate. Much better this week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> missed the window, didn't we? We just missed the window by like 12 hours I know. or something. I don't know. By the time I posted Not even episode. that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely mental. I mean, we were, I'm pretty sure we opened last week's episode literally by saying, don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And boom! Somehow, in some way, <laughs> I mean, the shiniest light you could have ever imagined. <laughs> <laughs> The biggest the power of a million candles. Sorry. <laughs> As Rod Gilbert would say, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Just amazing, mate. Absolutely amazing stuff this week. And um, I mean, we don't necessarily need any more extra good times and positive vibes because we're gonna we're gonna have a great show already, I reckon. But because it is tradition round here, Liam, you know this, you've been here a few times, you know what the score is, you know what's coming next. It's time for the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. A bit more life in it this week, isn't there? A bit more life. Uh, A bit more, more positivity. That's it, that's it. I mean, just like, you can just feel the energy, mate. You just feel the energy on this week's show. This is why I wanted to have you back, by the way. I just wanted to quickly mention, obviously, last week, we we, we would have just mentioned, uh, missed the massive news about Paul Simpson leaving. We, me and you were on a bit of a downer, and I feel like you, you deserve to come full circle. And thanks very much, obviously, for coming <laughs> back uh, so I can do that, because obviously, you know, I didn't want to, we didn't want to leave things on a down note. And since we got the opportunity to pick things up, it's, mate, it's lovely to have you back on them. So this week's joke of the week is why did Adele cross the road? I, I think I, <laughs> I, I, I I'm trying to predict where the punchline is. I think, okay, what, go on then. Why, why did Adele cross the road? Uh, to say hello from the other side. Yep. <laughs> 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 you have it? A lot better. A lot better. <laughs> yeah, mate, mate, that actually took me, I think I stopped the watch at 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And mate, obviously when you find a joke like that, you're going to settle for it. Um, so happy with that one. Uh, time well spent this week, uh, definitely well invested. And uh, let's keep the good times rolling, mate. Um, and we'll, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll plow on with the birthdays. Um, I mean, my internet connection might not let me do it very quickly, but off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure... This week's birthdays include um, Tom Taiwo from the past. Do you remember Tom Taiwo, Liam? Is that a little bit um, before your time? It, maybe a little bit before my time. Tom Taiwo was a recruit from, uh, he was a Chelsea cast off. Um, uh, yeah, to be fair, he was a bit of a Chelsea cast off. He stuck with the team from the age of around, I think he was 20 when he stayed with the team. A very fiery bulldog, Kante esque. Uh, League One, League Two, standard midfielder. Mate, it was a pleasure to have him around the team. I think he was half um, or like through a granddad or something, Nigerian descent. And he was very nearly called up for an international cap around the same time Lubomir Mikulik 
um, was in his international team whilst at Carlisle United. Also, uh, who was the other international mm. he had at the time? Peter Murphy would have been uh, an international at the time. Also, uh, Kieran Westwood, an international at the time. So, we, I mean, like, we, we, were, we were raking them in, man. I'm pretty sure there's someone else I'm forgetting there as well with an international cap. Um, the rest of the birthdays, this man, possibly, I mean, Liam... You're going to do an all-time best 11 for you personally later on in the show. This man, for me, I'm pretty sure I named him in my all-time best 11, whenever I did that. Um, this this is Ziggor Aronalde, mate. You must you must know the legends of Ziggor Aronalde. I do know. I do know Ziggor. He's been linked with the job when um, when Millen came in. That's what I remember. Yeah. Was he at Watford? Is, he, is, that's what, is that where he's at at the minute? Yeah, Something yeah like that. Back, backroom staff. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. He's been involved in, 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 in coaching at quite a high level at the moment. Um, connections, connections, connections. He, I think he was at Valencia for a little bit as well. Um, yeah. 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 So he's been around. Like, he's been around. And, 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 and so he is rightfully so sort of getting linked with the Carlisle job. He's not necessarily... You know, going to be out of his depth. Um, in this, it may be even more favourable than your sort of Peter Murphy types and your Danny Granger types because mm. he's been at that higher level and that that recruitment book might just be that little bit more useful to a team like Carlisle United at the level we are. Moving on with the birthdays, current players now. Um, a man who hasn't had the chance to redeem himself yet, but we'll give him a happy birthday anyway. We're talking about Brennan Dickinson, <laughs> the left winger. He's twenty nine. <laughs> this week and the reason he's not necessarily in the squad it's also his birthday this week Jordan Gibson is 24 mate out of the two of them um obviously Gibson being a new recruit this season and maybe the reason Gibson was a new recruit this season is because Dickinson has never really got going and we needed that threat out wide um I don't want to dwell too much on Brennan Dickinson we covered him a lot last week but Jordan Gibson let's give him some credit where some credit is due he's been one of the outstanding players for Carlisle United uh, going forward in attack I think he might be our top goal scorer um not 100% sure actually now I'm thinking about it joint I think he's joint joint top goal scorer and that's not with a lot of opportunities under his belt most of his appearances coming off the bench um or sometimes he does get substituted off pretty early in games as well. So not the most amount of minutes under his game. So probably the best value for money when it comes from minutes per goals that Carlo United have this season, you could say. So I'll put him on top of that chart um, at least. Mate, it, 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 arguably, if Howard, you know, wasn't wasn't as great as what he is um, and, and wasn't a free as well, because that's a factor to a team, obviously, down at this level. Yeah. Um, Gibson came with a little bit of a price tag. Um, and I imagine if we sold Gibson as well, we wouldn't be getting 100% of that transfer revenue. Some of it would be going back to Ireland in one way or another, I would think, um, yeah. if if they were smart enough to put in that kind of clause in his contract as former team. Um, if you were going to give Brennan Dickinson, um, not Brennan Dickinson, if you were going to give uh, Gibson um, a rating out of 10 as a sign-in this season, uh, what, what are you going to give him, mate? And what comments um, and what improvements would you like to see from him going forwards in the season? Um, well, I think he scored four goals so far, which is the joint most. With I think I think Amadi Patrick levelled it against um, Leighton Orient yesterday. But um, that's a tough one because your defense is yeah. terrifying. He's <laughs> on fire. No, but yeah, um, it's hard to say because I, I think he probably should have got more minutes under Millen. 
But for me, give him a seven. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I, I'm a little bit more um, lenient towards giving him maybe like an eight. When you compare him to how everyone else has played so far yeah. this season, um, I'd maybe give him a little bit more um, just because of his contribution in the minutes per goals. And yeah, um, just compared to most other people that we've got on the pitch. But like you rightfully say, I mean, if you're going to rate Omari Patrick out of 10, then if you're going to give Gibson a, a seven, and the sort of opportunities that Mario Patrick's had so far, you guess a nine. <laughs> it's been it's been quite a good yeah. signing so far for Carlisle United, and um, hopefully we'll see more of that going forward. Now, obviously, that's the that's the end of the birthdays. Uh, thank you very much to the Carlisle United. Be just and fear not. Uh, fan group on Facebook for that information. It's a lot of fun for us to go through uh, every week and walk down Nostalgia Avenue. So I'm happy that's came back. Right. The big, 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 big news has obviously been Paul Simpson coming back because Keith Millen got the sack. And I didn't expect for me to rhyme a bit there, but I did. And it was quite nice. So I enjoyed it. Um, mate, it's huge. It's massive um, in terms of... Um, bringing back this, 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 this changing the attitude of the fans towards the football club. Um, and also the big news that well, we obviously haven't talked about is the fact that David Holdsworth has also gone from, from Carlisle United. So maybe, maybe we'll cover the sort of like exits and then we'll go on to talk a bit more about Simo. Um, your thoughts, mate, on, on Holdsworth going is great, right? <laughs> it is good. It is good. And I feel like that's been done as... Millen's gone. They've gone to get Simpson and Simpson's gone. I'll come back, but I'm not, I'm not having that clown in charge. You know, I feel like he's <laughs> come and said. <laughs> I genuinely think that's what it was because I feel like he's a manager that needs to have a bit of control. And as, as much as I want to say he stepped down, I feel like I feel like that was one of the conditions of getting Simpson where he wants to come in and have, have control of all the, you know, all the backroom stuff, all of that sort of football. He wants to be the director of football and the manager and he wants to have full control of the playing staff which is what I've, I believe has happened. Um, but look, Keith Millen is another manager. And I think you, you can say this about pretty much every manager we've had, you know, in, in the last few years where you say Stephen Presley, decent guy, but wasn't good enough to be a manager. Um, you know, you say this thing about Millen. Um, yeah, well, exactly. And, and to, an, to an extent, Chris Beach, you know, he, he did have that good run of form. But, he, you know, he was more of a nice guy than an actual sort of good football manager. And I think the same can be said about Keith Millen because I didn't, I don't really have anything against him, you know, personally. He's, he's not like a Joey Bart and he's not somebody, you know, you, you absolutely hate as a manager. But he, he is... I, I just don't think he was experienced enough. I think it's such a difficult sort of first job back. And I don't think he'd managed for a while before that. But it was, it's just such a difficult job to come into Carlisle in a relegation battle. Um, so look, I, I think he'll still have a good career maybe going forward. Maybe drop down a level national league, prove it, come back up, be a you know manager. I can see him managing a Crawley or something like that in a few years' time. But the expectation here is a bit different. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was definitely the right decision, and especially when you look at who came in afterwards, he, 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 it was. And the thing is, with the results going the way they were, and I think a few fans weren't so happy with him comments about no negativity and stuff like that. And I feel like the fans had a bit of a you know, he got on the fans back. <laughs> he got on the fans back a little bit there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I felt, I felt, I felt, I felt, I felt he needed to go for his own good as good as much as the club. Um, 
Yeah, it, and and you were on the radio speaking about it. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my friend tagged me on something on social media. Um, I was asked to just leave a voice note on on WhatsApp, but that no, was great, man. It was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, just the just the two questions there. Um, I think they asked me they asked me um, what was one of the questions again. But one of the questions was, and because I'd, I'd like to ask you the same question, is what would you like to see uh, from Paul Simpson at the end of the season going forward in an ideal world? Ooh. You see, I would admit where they've got like a caretaker until the end of the season with a look to go into like, you know, backroom staff afterwards as like a director of football thing. See, I'd love Paul Simpson to come back and be like our permanent manager for a good few seasons after that. But what I think is probably going to happen, and it's something that I noticed when they said in David Holdsworth leaving statement where they said, we're not actively looking for a new director of football. I can see that happening as... Paul Simpson, when it gets to the end of the season, maybe, you know, he's had a long career in management. He's had struggles with his health recently. I feel like he's come back to try to steady the ship and then go into that backroom staff sort of role as, as a director of football. And you, look, the fans aren't going to turn on him the same way they turned on David Holdsworth because he's such a fan favourite and such, a, such an absolute legend at the club. But at the end of the season, I'd love for him to be manager, but I, I think... You listen to his interviews, he says, I, I'm not looking that far. And that that says to me that he's probably going to... I think that's what's going to happen. I think he'll go into director of football or sort of work higher up at the club. See, like, I, I, I agree with you on a certain level, but obviously I, I do like to get run... I do like to run away with things sometimes. And, and, and you <laughs> think that the standard that Paul Simpson is... Yeah, like you're saying, a lot of his experience in the recent years has been coming sort of in the back room sort of area through Newcastle United, Derby County... Uh, Bristol City as well but he did step up at Bristol City and uh, caretake and sort of steer them towards a little bit of safety at his time there and that's quite recent that's only as recent as sort of 2001 uh, uh, sorry 2021 <laughs> uh, and then obviously it, you know, the England under 20s where he just he went out and won the under 20s World Cup which is it's, just, it's a fantastic feat for any manager um, I know obviously I've had my uh, views on under 20s football but that's more about the players that can just sort of pick up caps you know because mm, under yeah. 21s and, and, and different levels of different levels of football um yeah um, a lot of people maybe from a slightly younger generation from, from you some of the listeners out there might not know ter a terrible lot about Paul Simpson's sort of like history uh, in the game of football obviously he started his career uh, at Manchester City, but this is not the Manchester City you you know now. This is a completely different sort of sort of team. Yeah, yeah. Um, really before the takeover. Right, yeah, way before the takeover, uh, way before the Etihad, even uh, before the stadium was anywhere near getting built, anything like that. Um, we're, we're we're talking about somebody who's grinded it out really um, in, in English football. Really made a go of it. Really made a career of it and uh, stayed in the game because he loves the game. I just, you just feel like he loves the game recently, obviously stepping away because of, because of health conditions, but um, he's got teams that he's obviously affiliated with in his time. Like he played for Derby um, and, and then he, he went on to go and coach there. He obviously has these certain loyalties and these links. He's quite old fashioned in these ways in football, quite romantic with his relationship with certain teams within football. And that's what makes the bond between him and the fans so strong. Um, I feel like, because he's had this time away, he's also learned a lot about how to engage with fans, the social media. He's not a granddad, even though he's, he's, he is a granddad, you know? <laughs> um, he's, he, is, he is an old man. Um, he's, he's 55 years old. Not old, old, obviously, but 
Um, he's been around. He's been around a long time. A lot of experience. Uh, um, and they, I'm just buzzing to have him back at the club. That's obviously the big, big, <laughs> big news uh, this week uh, for us here on the Blue Army podcast. And for any Carlisle United fan, um, I mean, welcome back to the to, uh, to the club, to the city. Paul Simpson. Uh, I'm going to be there on Tuesday night. I'm sure you're going to be there on Tuesday night. The game's already looking like yeah. it's going to get around the 5,000 mark, which is fantastic for a Tuesday night game under the lights. The atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric and you would feel that, I mean, looking at our opponents, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, mate. I mean, <laughs> and it's two teams that are going to collide and really give it a god game. It's two teams that um, I've been very competitive. Re- uh, I mean, looking more competitive recently. Obviously, we have turned it around more recently than they have. But obviously, Oldham have had a good run of form recently. And um, I mean, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, and uh, get older your tickets and come on down. Uh, talking about getting older your tickets and coming on down, Carla United have just recently released the news that they are doing a £10 a ticket per adult uh, adult ticket £10 for the Northampton game, which is on the 12th of March. Um, just getting that news out there. So get your tickets, get down, support the club in these times. Um, in other news, Liam, uh, we, we spoke last week about the fact that Dan Hanford was gone as goalkeeping coach. Now we're obviously looking um, very quickly recruited again. So not only Millen gone and then a quick change around in manager but Hanford gone and quite a quick change around in goalkeeping coaches I thought with Mark Howard's experience that we might be seeing a little bit of uh, uh, him stepping forward into that role maybe going into uh, his coaching role he's he's of that age but no Paul Gerrard joins us Uh, Premier League experience it's it's on paper mate looks like a really good signing doesn't it yeah, well, it's it's one of them names where I, I told my dad and he recognised it immediately as you know ex ex Everton keeper. But um, <laughs> it's it, 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 you know it is is one of those ones where if he can translate that experience in a man in a, like sort of coaching, it's a good appointment. But you know you've seen with your likes of Stephen Presley, Keith Millen's, you know, high experience as a player doesn't always translate to great coaching. Uh, so, but look, he, he has had caution experience, and it's one of those things where now that Simpson's in charge and he's making the decisions, if he says it's good, it's good. You know, I, I believe him 100%. Whereas in the past, if, if Millen brings in a goalkeeping coach, I'm doubting it. But because, <laughs> no, yeah. you know, Simpson, I've got full confidence in him. And that's, that's you know, it's, it's what we needed from a manager. And it, yeah. look, it, Simpson says he's good. I believe he's good. And that, that, that's all that should be said. Trust in I mean, that's it. Trust, Simpson's, trust gone out, Simpson's gone out and backed him. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I was trying to just sort of look through some certain things. I don't think they've worked together before in football, but football being a quite a small community in, in those coaching things, you, you get you get to know somebody quite quickly through the CV um, and you'll ask around, you know. And when you need a goalkeeping coach, you'll bring someone in of that quality if they're going to apply for the job. And obviously, he's applied for the job. So you're going to give him the bloody job because he's got great experience on his CV. So why not? It's another good decision another great addition and uh, mate very happy with that now a bit more on the uh, a bit more fun news mate is the fact that Carlisle United are also looking for a new home anthem um I mean I like I like I like the old one I like I like I like hey you don't watch that watch this it's Carlisle United at Brunton but yep. with the madness yeah, I do like cool. it 
you know, I do like it. But they're looking for a new anthem, mate. Now, off the top of your head, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. I haven't given the opportunity to really think about it that much. So that's why I'm rambling a little bit right now to give you a couple more seconds <laughs> to think about something. Um, but what do you suggest Carl United would use as a great entrance song going into this relegation sort of battle heading in towards the end of the season? Well, I agree with what you've just said, to be honest with you. Um, One Step Beyond by Madness. You know, that I've, I've already put a, you know, they said on Twitter that the most liked reply would be like their next, they, that's the one they'd use. And I cast my vote onto One Step Beyond by Madness. It's just, that, that that's sort of iconic with the, uh, it's, it's an iconic song with the walkouts and they haven't been using it as much in recent times. And I think it's a shame because it is a really good song and it, it is one that I sort of, whenever I hear it, I think about Carlisle. Just because it used to be it that is. iconic walkout song, and and, yeah. and and look, in a time where they're trying to re get you know get the fans back into the stadiums, you know remind fans why they like why they like being at Brunton Park, remind them of the good times because that's what Paul Simpson's been brought in to do. As much as he's a good manager and as much as he does have experience, the board's obviously thought we'll go back to what we did in the past, something that worked. We'll get him back in, try and revitalise, you know, get, you know, remind, get, get a bit of nostalgia back. And I think if you're going to continue with that theme of like the good old days, get that song on. That, you know, you know like, yeah, yeah, that's my choice. One step beyond. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's good. It's, it, I like it, mate. I do like it. It, it reminds. It, we, it's been a while, you know. You know, uh, it's been around a while. Sorry, what I should say. Um, I remember uh, Ke- Kevin Gray bursting out the tunnel to that song. So you know, it's it's it is it is from that. It has been around as long as that Simo era. Um, it genuinely has been. It's a very old uh, sort of anthem for the club. Um, I mean, I feel like we used to use Chelsea Dagger um, by the Fratellis at the end of games back in the day, but I don't feel like a, a, a song with the name of another team in it's a very good choice for Carl yeah. United, really. Um, so that would be a daft addition. Uh, what else do I like? I like, I like some of Kasabian songs. Obviously, they've got their guitar riffs. They're quite good, um, but maybe a bit gimmicky, a bit, a bit on the touch. You know, you know some of them are quite good. Um but yeah, there was one more on. that I saw. What's that? Go on. Um, there was one more that I saw. People uh, suggested. I'm just trying to find it on my phone here. And that I thought was quite good. Uh, see, if I can, see if I can hunt it down. Uh, on, yeah. Man. If if the kids are united by Sham sixty nine. Sham sixty nine. Ah, that, that, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah, people were suggesting that one a lot, which I thought was good because it, it, it the song ends with the United, United, that sort of thing, and I thought that was a good idea as well. You know, they, like you know there's a lot of suggestions. Mm. I like that, man. I like that. I like that. Um, so just quickly, um, before I moved, I just quickly glazed over the fact that Carlisle are charging ten pound a ticket for the Northampton game on the twelfth of March. But I did, interestingly enough, see somebody staring the pot on social media saying, "Well, what do the season ticket holders get then? Because they don't get cheaper season tickets." <laughs> as as a season ticket holder, Liam, I mean, I mean, what would you like? What do you want, mate? Do you want a fucking medal? I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Go on. sorry go on mate what you said well it no it it is a good point to be fair to to him but um there was a controversy of really like a while ago where it was like 
I, I was speaking to some sort of older season ticket holders. I can't remember this, but I was having a chat about it um, a few months ago where they had a they had another promotional campaign like this before, and it was every everybody who buys a ticket gets like a free bit of merchandise or something like that. I can't remember what they were giving away. It was maybe a shirt or something like last year, the season sort of thing. Um, mm. But they di- it didn't apply to season ticket holders. And, I, I, and so, you know, that season ticket holder thing in the past has been a bit of a problem with, you know, disregarding of the season ticket holders. It, well, look, look, but look, it's, it's something to get more fans into the stadium. And as a season ticket holder, I can probably say I'm not really that arsed. because it makes it makes my experience better there being more people in there so it is helping me as a season ticket holder as well and it's helping the club which is what i uh, want at the end of the day you know we already get like 20 percent off in the club shop and stuff like that so yeah if if they want to whack on some free stuff for season ticket holder i'm not going to complain but you know it's 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 a bit of a non-issue really yeah it is what it is man it is what it is um Mm. i mean I saw, I, saw, I saw a couple of suggestions. Is that obviously you get a discount off your season ticket if you buy one again next year? I feel that's an easy, an easy fix to sort of resolve. If anyone yeah. does feel aggrieved, I feel like that'll be an easy fix. Something very easy for the club to set up. Now, mate, we're going to move on to the match crack and uh, Carlisle United winning this week by one goal to nil against Leighton Orient. It was an early. Early, early, early goal. Uh, it was in the first five minutes. But before we dive into the match details, we start with the Carlisle United starting lineup for their game away at Lake Norians. In goal, we had Mark Howard with Riley playing at right back. Feeney, Simeu and Armour making up the rest of the defence with Gibson, Guy, Mellish and Devitt across the midfield with Patrick and Dennis coupled together up front for the first time in their Carlisle United. Started the game for the first time in their Carlisle United uh, careers. Mate, all over the pitch, you've got to say, because of the injuries that we've had, um, this is Carlisle United's possibly, would, would, maybe without Simeon, maybe with Whelan instead, Carlisle United's strongest <laughs> starting lineup um, on paper. I mean, bringing Devitt into the team, pushing him out wide instead of making him central, um, just sort of gave the space for Mellish just to sort of, like, he was used wherever he was told to be used Mellish, I mean, in some parts he was he was definitely a part of the defensive line but there we have it um, I feel like he had a very good performance on the day anyway, I mean would, would, would uh, is the obvious change for you perhaps Whelan for Simeu or were you correct last week when you said there might be something in Simeu's contract about him playing week in, week out, regardless of form. Yeah, I think that is probably the case because I wouldn't have him in that back four. Even though we did play well and we looked a bit more solid at the back, he still makes mistakes. And even even against Leighton Orient, where it was a massive improvement, you know, there was times where Morgan Feeney was playing the every position in the back four all at the same time. You know, he, he's one of them players that this season, I would say, if you ask me now who my player of the season was, it would either be him, Gibson, or you know, you know, Patrick Gibson or or Morgan Feeney, because he is he is that you know, he's really covering for Simeu. It's something I noticed though, it John Mellish was pushed back into centre back for most of the game. I felt, you know, it was part he was playing as part of a back three with Simeu in there. But Simeu is one of those ones where if it is part of his contract, you know, send him back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. we can't be, the money. Yeah, we can't be afforded. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, we can't afford to 
in, a, in the situation we're in, we can't really afford to have him there because a one-goal lead is a really fragile lead. And all the hard work that we, do, we, that we did in that game, it can all be undone in this league by a bit of inexperience and a bit of a mistake by the, by the likes of Simeu. He's, it's hard to say because I really don't know where I stand anymore in him because I don't think Simpson would stand for a player out of form like that and I think he would drop him for Whelan. Hmm. But if it's yeah, I think it might be in his contract or something like that. And if that is the case, then there's no point in us complaining about it because he's he's going to be in there till the end of the well, season. Just come out and say yeah, it. Exactly. I'd rather them come out. They should just come out and say it. Then if that's the case, yeah. I, mean, I mean, at the end of the day, then at least we'll understand that we can just sort of get behind him, and then we'll just say, do you know, what I mean, the fans can sort of get behind, get on him yeah. in that way. Do you know what I mean? Because they know, do you know what I mean? At that point, and then Simeon's got the pressure of the fact that the fans actually know that. You know, you have to play week in, week out. Sort your fucking act out, mate. It's, you're not in, you're not in the squad because you're training well. You know, potentially. Uh, I mean, maybe he does. Maybe he just is impressive in training, um, or maybe you know, Carlisle's strikers are lazy in training, and that makes him look impressive in training. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, or maybe you're right, and there's something in his contract that keeps him in the starting lineup. I know through. I mean, I know again. I know football managers not real life, but I do know that it, when you're offering contracts, there is an unused substitute sort of like clause where you have to pay a little sort of like fee if you, he ends up on the bench and he's not playing games and stuff like that so I mean I don't know if that yeah. be a fact maybe that might be the thing is the fact that if he does get benched he's going to cost us more money um, and, and, and so that that's that, that that's an incentive I guess but mate Carl like I said Carl United opened the scoring very very early on and um, it was good mate it was really good I mean I wanted to see more of it but we didn't get to see more of it high pressing from Carlisle United led to Jamie Devitt picking up the ball, playing it into Dennis around the halfway line, who poked it round his man into the path of Patrick, who still had a hell of a lot to do against his defender. Magical run, little uh, step over. Then he jinks himself inside um, around the six-yard box, finds that space and finds that bottom corner beautifully. Um, mate, you've seen the goal, surely. Um, it, 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 it's it's potentially because of the limited goals we've got this season. One of the best goals, Carlo, uh, any one of the Carlo Lights should have scored this season, bar maybe Patrick on another occasion uh, a week ago. <laughs> and um, maybe Gibson with one of his efforts from outside the area. Fantastic goal, mate. And, and just seeing the experience of Dennis, knowing when to sort of like just just straight off, like offload the pass rather than sort of like maybe try and take control of it, look inside, slow the play down. He knows, you know, he's taken on that instruction there. Nice to see him starting games and uh, making an impact really early on. Impressive stuff from Omari Patrick. Mate, your views on the goal. Yeah, it, it like you said before, it's the first time Patrick and, Gib- and Dennis have started together and it, it, it showed that they do have that kind of decent link up because... Dennis, experienced player, it's a wonderful pass to Marty Patrick. And yes, there's still a lot to do. You know, he puts it through the keeper's legs. It's 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 a really good finish and a really good goal. It's it's very very similar to the one he scored against Bradford, where he sort of ran with it for a bit. It was sort it was out wide, slightly wide of the goal, not through the middle. And he has to tap it either just to the side of the keeper or through the keeper's legs. It was really similar to the one he scored against Bradford. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's it's the experience of Dennis. Yeah, it, it it's where Marty Patrick is is best at. 
them sort of goals. It was a really good goal, and it's something we haven't seen enough of. It makes him the joint top scorer. It well, to my knowledge, I might be completely wrong, but I think I'm right. Uh, but yeah, it's what we needed, and it's exactly what we needed to satisfy them 700 travelling fans to Leighton Orient. You know, that was brilliant. It was just a brilliant goal, and it, we did well to hang on to it as well. Well, that was it, mate. That was it. I mean, like, I mean, when the goal was scored as well, Patrick knew exactly where the fans were. You know, he was straight over there. So they were very vocal yeah. from the offset, mate. Obviously, only five minutes in. Uh, so that support was loud from early doors. Um, and and from the little glimpses that I did get to hear over the top of the uh, over the top of the radio, um, I mean, you could hear Carlisle fans. You could definitely hear Carlisle fans, mate, and they were absolutely loving it. Now, after the goal, Carlisle can be accused of maybe taking their foot off the boil and just, just sort of focusing on protecting their lead. And there was a couple of opportunities in late Norian going forward. Now, Carlisle might be able to consider themselves to be a little bit fortunate. Um, late Norian, perhaps a bit wasteful. Paul Simpson liked to see it more as his defence um, being tireless, really. And 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 um, is that just a, is that just him stirring the pot as a confidence booster? Is he just being kind? Because I have to be honest, mate. Some of the defending on the day was shambolic. Some of it was poor. Some of yeah. It was poor. And I'm not just talking about Simiu. There was an occasion where Simiu looked daft, um, and then but there was also. Just before that red card, Feeney missed the header, um, and 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 that was a bit sort of sus. Um, that's that's a rarity that you'd miss a header off the bounce. Um, really mistimed it. Um, but yeah, um, um, your thoughts, mate? You think the manager's just trying to save his players from any criticism there, maybe? Well, I think that is exactly what he's trying to do. I think he's just, he, he, you know, as as open and as vocal as. Simpson is as a manager. He's not going to come out and say he's shit. He's shit. It was his fault. You know, he's, he's not. He's not. He's not going to do that, is he? Uh, yeah. But I think I think there was one instance where Simeu sort of fresh air kicks it and it goes straight to their striker. He, he puts it just wide. I've, I, you know, I forgot, and it, it says a lot about our season so far. But I forgot what it's like to be in front and how nervy it is protecting a one goal lead because you know when when you're two 0 down, there's no there's no nerves, is there? You, you, you've sort of accepted the result already. But when you're one 0 up protecting a lead, you're absolutely you're sitting there absolutely shitting yourself, especially when Simeu is doing daft stuff like that. And you know some of the defenses, some of the defending isn't great. But you know it's it's just we got in front, and at this level, you're never going to get a game where the opposition doesn't get any chances. That's not you know that that's never going to happen at League Two. You need to and because there's no striker in this league that's going to put away every chance. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in this league. Yeah, so on fire. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. And so you know you can afford to give them. I don't want to say you can afford to give them chances because that's wrong. But you can't expect them to shut out every single chance. And you know maybe be a bit chewed up with Simeo at the you know toughen him up a little bit, but. <laughs> yeah, I've <laughs> just some of his mistakes are stupid. That's all. That's all it really is. But overall, I think Morgan Feeney, Morgan Feeney is, is our top defender at the minute, and he's so oh, young. With, with, yeah, go, go with Simiu though. So is, is it a lack of experience? Is it a lack of interest on his part? Is it a lack of caring? Like what is? Like, what do you think Simiu's problem is? is it a lack of concentration. Um, like, what do you think his main issue is? I think. It's just he's one of those players that looks brilliant in the under twenty ones. You, you watch his highlights, and in that league, where you know you're not going to get pressed high, you're not going to get muscled off the ball. That kind of get you know, yeah. Premier League two, 
you know, you'll get so much, yeah, yeah, you'll get so much more experience playing in the, the, you know, the Northwest Counties League than you will in the Premier League too, because youth football is just so, so different. And I, 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 I bet you anything, he looks brilliant in training where if you make a mistake, it doesn't really matter because it's just training, you know, and, and it, he'll pull off, he'll pull off brilliant bits of quality, but it's not, you know, it's not completely consistent. And he, he just doesn't, he just doesn't have the experience. And yes, playing for Carlisle is what's going to get him that experience. But for those sort of lone players, a team fighting for their life, that's not where they need to be. They need to, Simeon needs to be playing for Northampton, Forest Green, one of these clubs that aren't going to concede many chances, but he is going to get that, you know, that physicalness of playing at this level. That's, you know, that, that's what needs to happen for him, I think. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, mate. But I, unfortunately, it's on our time and um, it just seems to be like we've got the raw end of this deal. Um, it does make more sense now because uh, I, I keep thinking about this scenario that maybe he's, he is getting paid. Uh, there is there is something in his contract that makes him play. Uh, that's maybe more why uh, Millen went all the way down to Southampton to watch a Premier League under 23 games before he gambled that kind of money Um for the club, maybe it was more to do with that rather than actually having a conversation with the player and making him feel okay. Um, but, but but obviously that's the ins and outs of football. Now I do want to mention quickly there was a good highlight um, for Carlisle United. It was nice to see Jack Armour back in the box in this game. There was a lovely cross from Jordan Gibson <laughs> picking him out on the back post. Quite unfortunate, bit of a scuppered finish, but it's been a long, 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 long time since I've seen Jack Armour bomb down the pitch and get himself on the end of a cross, mate. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, it, it was one of those ones where it was like, I don't think he really had decided yet whether to cross it across the box or to have a shot himself. And so instead he did absolutely neither of them, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, a you know, it's, it's nice to see him even playing again because he'd been dropped for a few games with Millen with that, um, Mitch, was it Mitchell Roberts coming in and of a lone player from, you know, another example of them lone players coming in, but you know, it's don't hard to, don't give up on lone players. <laughs> it's, it's far too late. Yeah, no. Unless we get Callum, unless we get Callum O'Hare back, then yeah, no, no, no more lone players. I don't think for me, anyways. <laughs> but it's 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 funny to think Jack Armour's still a really young player, and yet he's probably the most experienced out of that back line by quite oh, some yeah, way. Yeah, it will be, yeah, it will be by quite some way, yeah. Because obviously, I mean, before he was with yeah. us, he was he was with what he was with Morecambe for like a season where he was their first choice left back for a bit, and then start, he was. Tanner was at I think that was Tanner. Yeah. Tanner was Tanner was Morecambe. I think ah, Armour came in. Armour came from Preston. Armour came from ah. Preston. Right, okay. It was it was one of those ones. He, he, I don't think he had played at like a lone level, but it, it's just it's just the experience with Carlisle that has sort of done it. He, he he came in from a he was breaking into the first team at Preston at that time, and then he decided not to renew his contract, so we brought him in. Yes, it's it's just the experience he's got with us over the last few seasons that's upped his that's upped his numbers. Yeah, 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 you're yeah, yeah you're right. I, um, I mean, he is he's one of our most valuable assets as well. I think that's that's really important to point out is that is that like on paper as a valuable asset for the club if things got desperate one day. You know, what I mean, he is one of the best 
sort of like young assets at the club, like on paper, you would say he could command oh, yeah, uh, similar fee to sort of like what Tanner uh, commanded like way back when at the start of the season. Now, I mean, yeah, so Carl ended the half quite brightly there with Jack Armour getting in the box for the first time in a long time, just lacking um, maybe a bit of ring rust, um, but, but not having gone, in, gone into that area in quite some time. Early on in the second half, there was an absolutely abysmal challenge um, by a late Norient attacker that led to a second yellow card. The tackle was on John Mellish. Mate, have you seen this back? Mellish just gets up, <laughs> like pushes the guy up. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Like, honestly, he, yeah. gets too, he gets pretty much like taken down quite nastily as well. Like, you've seen those. Like, if Mellish's studs lock in the ground, which can happen on these occasions, that's a, that's a knee breaker. That's a shin shatterer. Uh, that's a terrible challenge. That is. That's a horrible tackle. Um, it's 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 it, but Mellis just sort of like <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just pushes him over, mate. It's fantastic. It's um, that northeast stealing him. Thankfully, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I think thankfully because the referee made that decision that you were getting the second yellow and the red card. Mellis got out of dodge quite quickly after pushing over the man and didn't get a card. Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't get a card on that occasion. Um, Carlisle weren't absolutely hopeless. There was another opportunity going forward, this time Gibson showing good footwork. But mate, Carlisle looking like quite a counter-attacking team, you might say. Um, but obviously, you can't judge uh, everything based on the, on this first game. Um, I would say, going into next week, that I would expect to see the same starting lineup going um, on, on, on tomorrow. I mean, we're recording right now on the 28th of February. Um, so tomorrow night, Carlisle United play Rochdale. I would expect there to be the same starting lineup um, for that game, wouldn't you? Yeah, un- un- yeah, un- unless he does decide to drop Simeo, which you know we, we, we've just we've definitely discussed enough. But uh, other than that, I'd, I'd, <laughs> but other than that, I'd say so yeah. much. We we discussed it so much. We just agree with each other. Though. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not even arguing over it, but we've spoken about it so no. much. <laughs> but apart from that, it's going to be, yeah, it'll be pretty much the same lineup. Other than maybe, you know, in case there's injuries or something like that, other than that, it's going to be, yeah, he's going to be the same lineup, I, I feel. Yeah, I mean, so so obviously it's a, it's a good game for Carlisle United. Lots of room for improvement. Paul Simpson mentioned that in his uh, post-match interview. I think the most post-match-matched interview of the season so far. Um, I mean, mate, the, the response on social media has been fantastic. Have you seen a boost um, in your in, in, in your match report after that game? Did you see a big jump? Yeah, it was brilliant. I it it got a lot more views than sort of videos I've recently because I feel like it's just been fans aren't angry anymore or they were well, well obviously because they're happy now but but prior to Simpson getting appointed it, it, in the Millen era fans had start, stopped getting angry and started getting like depressed a bit hopeless sort of thing it was just it was less anger at the board and more just sadness because it was all going so so wrong and there wasn't an obvious fix but I think this appointment, you, you know, you look online, you look in, you know, I'm sure the responses to your, to the podcast, to, to my YouTube channel, just in Twitter in general, you look at the post-match interviews. I've, I've probably watched that interview with Paul Simpson about 10 times now, just because I, I, I like, I like listening to him. Yeah. But him as a person, the history he's got with the club, you know, him being a local lad, it's like one of us is the manager. You know, it's like one of the fans is a, the front of the club and it's just brought such unity back 
in terms of appointments, they couldn't have, you know, I've slated the board a lot, but they couldn't have done anything better. I don't think, I think this is, you know, unless they've decided to get Pep Guardiola in or something like that. <laughs> even then, even then, I'd, I'd still probably have Paul Simpson. He's got the experience at this level, but no, uh, it is exactly. the best, the best thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best appointment to make. Absolutely fantastic, mate. Now, obviously, we're going to give a man of the match this week. We didn't do one last week. We kind of we kind of had a strop about it and, 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 and bailed out. Um, I um, uh, I'll go first, mate. I'm going to give my man of the match to the goal scorer. Um, I feel like he was good at linking up play throughout the game when Carlisle were going forward. Yeah, he wasn't always the main focal point of attack, but he definitely had something to do with it. Whether it was a run or just playing a one-two off somebody or, or again, just, just making those aimless runs that just sort of spread the defence out. He's, good, he's really good at doing that, especially down that left channel. And when he's on the ball, devastating. And the goal itself, you know, being the winner, even though it was only within the fifth minute. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it to Omari Patrick, mate. Who are you going for? Yeah, well, I I haven't quite... I, I, I'm not even sure. I think Omari Patrick... He's just a League One player. You know, you look at him and he's just—he's—he's he's just a be, solid mate. League One player. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I am gonna—I am gonna—I am gonna give it to somebody else. I'm gonna give okay. it to somebody else. I'm gonna go the rock of the defense, Morgan oh. Feeney. Because I, oh, I just—that okay. he's been such a good player recently, and he was, uh, like I said before, at times he's just—he's playing every single position at the back four. He's just such a—it was him and Armour really at the back. But you know, yeah. Look, he's just he's grown into professional football so so well, despite not having that experience. He's he's got the physicality for it. He's tall, you know. He's not fast. He's, he really isn't fast. But you know, you don't often have to be at this level. Yeah, I think he's just he's going to be a big big part if we're going to survive. And I'm going to give it to Morgan Feeney. All right, I think that's fair, mate. I think that's fair. Don't think he had a terrible performance, um, but obviously we do disagree on this occasion, uh, which is absolutely <laughs> fine. Before we move away completely from the match crack, I just want to point out the bench uh, for, for for the game. Um, Magnus Norman, again, sort of... Uh, um, I, I'm not sure what's going on with Magnus Norman. Maybe he's been allowed on leave a little bit. He was injured, but he, then he came back onto the bench and he hasn't really played, so I can't imagine why he'd be injured again. Um, not on the bench on this occasion. Gabriel Breeze on the bench, um, and, the, and and four attackers on the bench: Louis Alessandro, Show Silva, Otamayan, Owen Windsor. Um, only with sort of like Roberts and Whelan there, so no real sort of like central midfield cover. Um, I feel like we're in a position now where if we brought uh, maybe a, a Taylor Charters back from loan, that'd be a smart idea. Uh, we need that sort of like option to maybe change things in and out of the midfield and, and, and if there's not going to be recruitment in the free market, which is I think the only way we can recruit right now, unless it's is there an emergency loan option, maybe No, that's gone now. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Right. Okay. So it'll have to be sort of like a, I think it'll have to be a free agent before March thirty first in that case then. Um and then the free agent market even closes for a couple of months until the actual transfer market opens once again. So mm. I don't know, mate. I feel like Carlisle, looking at that bench with Windsor, Otamei, Show Silva, and um, Alessandra, we could probably afford to let 
Otamei go back. I, I don't know if he's really shown enough, and I'd rather have Fishburne sort of like around that position, and that might just sort of like free up some things. We're stuck with Show Silver now. He's signed on the dotted line. Owen Windsor, I feel like, is, is quite lively out there on the wing. Um, I feel like he's not done uh, for us this season. I feel like he's still got games in him. If a man like it, if Devitt goes down injured, which is, you know, a possibility. He hasn't played a lot of first-team football regularly, so if we rely on him to play a bunch of games, he might pull up a hammy and be gone for two or three matches. So we'll just sort of look. We do need that option out wide, so I'd like to keep Owen Windsor. Otomei would be yeah. the person that I'd maybe let go of um, in terms of loan options. I feel like Roberts is the only other left-sided left-back we've got, so he's still worth sort of like keeping around in, in terms of squad depth. What do you feel, man? What do you feel? What would you change around? Would you bring anyone back from loan? Would you, would you, you know I mean? Looking at that bench, it's very limited in terms of options, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, with, with Paul Simpson coming in, I'm very surprised that Taylor Charters is still out on loan. You know, he's, he's I think he's proved himself as good enough to play at this level. And I think he is get, he's playing for Gateshead. He's starting games now. You know, there was a period where he was on the bench, but he is starting games regularly now for Gateshead. Yeah. And I feel like, especially with him being youth player, Cumbrian, I thought Paul Simpson would have almost related to that and thought, I want you back, maybe not to play every game, but to sort of, I want to see what you've got. I want to see what you can sort I want to give you a chance to prove yourself. Uh, same with Sam Fishburne. I'd like to see him in and around that team and, and you look at that this is why I don't like the loan market and because you've got these players of our own out on loan well I, I like the loan system when we use it to send our loan <laughs> it depends but, to what level though doesn't it like, like when, 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 when a Sam Fishburne yeah. like now he's back with the team you wouldn't want to put him back on loan to Lancaster City again you'd want him to go in as sort of like that national league level mm. That that sort of Mempala, sort of Weymouth, that bottom of the conference would be fine. Like that'd be absolutely fine. That kind of experience yeah. would be great for him. Um, far away from everything he knows. Not only would he grow as a player, he'd grow in his personal life. And maybe having Mempala there might be a helping hand. In fact, Do you know, what I mean, the fact that they know each other might help. You know, him settle in a bit faster. Yeah. But yeah. Um, sorry, you were saying about another about... example. Yeah. Another example is Tristan Abrams. You know, he scored the other day. Top of the league, Grimsby. I, I think the top of the league. You know, it's the same kind of things. But it's it's you look at the loan system and you think, we've got Omotoye. He's not going to be here next season. He's not playing. Why why not have Sam Fishburne on the bench instead? Yeah. Because you know, Omotoye, there's no point in being there. No. No, I mean, it started, it started really well, but sort of like players like that that don't have a track record. Like we've seen it in players like Jermaine Beckford did the same thing. He turned up, he scored one goal and then didn't score for like seven or eight games. And yeah, eventually he became a really good player and somewhere else. But, you know, we had to pay for it for those seven or eight games. We didn't have a, we had no goals going in really. Um, and, and then you have to scramble on the transfer market and try and bring somebody in that can score goals because that was the person we were thinking was going to be our goal scorer. Um, but, in terms of Carlo United's recruitment, uh, I feel like that we, Millen didn't do a great job. I uh, don't know really. Holdsworth did a terrible job the whole time he was here, um, and the bench <laughs> just looks silly. On paper, the bench just looks really limited on options. Um, in terms of bringing players in and out and moving things along, uh, I feel like Tristan Abrahams has gone. You mentioned Tristan Abrahams there. Tristan Abrahams has gone on loan purely for financial reasons. Um, he is not good enough. At for this level, um, in no. my opinion, uh, really not good enough 
for this level. There's a number of players on that bench that I've read the name out of um, that I don't think necessarily are good enough for this level. But I'm going to give uh, um, one or two of them an extra couple of weeks before I actually name in shame. But um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, there, there it is, mate. I, I feel like that's that's purely a financial decision that just the hands has gone on loan and and it'll be released at the end of his contract. Um, unfortunately for him, but there we go. Um, moving on to sort of like cheerier times once again. Obviously, Carlisle United winning that game one goal to nil. We're out of the relegation zone, mate. Um, it, and things are looking quite nice. But when you look at the league table, what a uh, I mean, it's 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 really sort of uh, there's a lot of people that can get dragged. We've dragged Leighton Orient into that bracket now. Um, I mean, yeah. between us, between Oldham underneath us and 30 points, going pretty much all the way up to Lake Norrie, there's only three points in it. Um, and you might say, you know, Walsall could be safe by now, but we'll see how it's going. There's lots of teams that can get dragged down, is my point. And I think I mentioned that to you um, a, a couple of weeks ago, if not last week, that I feel like it's important that there's more teams in the dogfight so you can sort of like claw yourself over more bodies. It's easier to claw yeah. yourself over more bodies, as it were, um, more factors. If you keep winning, there's more chance that you can end up in a much more comfortable position in six weeks' time, you know, um, because there's just those bodies to climb over. If they're not there and you're only up against like one or two other teams, you don't really get that far away from the relegation zone in terms of like just crawling out of it. Um, so, mate, it, it, it's all good stuff for Carlisle United going forward. Our next opponents are obviously... Uh, this Tuesday night against Rochdale. By the time this episode um, goes out, though, it will be a Wednesday. So that game would have been and gone. Um, we can quickly give a, uh, um, uh, some score predictions, although like, we'll, we'll very quickly, the audience will instantly know if we were right or wrong. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to guess, because we're going, um, I'm going to guess we're going to beat Rochdale by um, two goals to nil, maybe three goals. So it's going to be a feel-good performance at Brunton Park for Carlisle United. What about you, man? Uh, I'm not sure. This could be one of those things where, you know, it's, it's, you cut off this bit in the podcast and editing. We, we, re- <laughs> we refilm a little bit <laughs> just after the match and we put it back as if we've, we've known all along and we're absolute mystic, you know, people. But, but no, I think for me, I'm going to go get a bit of consistency going. We'll, go, we'll win 1-0 again. Yeah. You know, that Brunton yeah. Park crowd will really help. Yeah, 1-0 win, yeah. I'll go for I feel like just not losing is important. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, like just, yeah. just not losing is really important. Now, uh, another big game on Saturday away to Oldham. Um, another team in and around the this area um, at the moment, mate. That's going to be another huge game. Um, really looking forward to that one, mate. Like that's got surely yeah. we've, got, we've got we've got to do it there, mate. That's another huge. <laughs> game. That's a that's a big game for us, right? Yeah, I've got my tickets for that game. I've never been to Oldham, so I, it's it's going to be one of those ones. I've got a little map downstairs of all the away grounds in the football league that I, I'm looking forward to crossing that one off on there. Nice, but okay. yeah, it's it's gonna it's it's gonna be a good game. I, personally, I don't think Oldham will be anywhere near the relegation zone come the end of the season, which is why you know because they've got John Sheridan, John Sheridan to them. He's not quite at Paul Simpson level to us, but he, he is a club legend and he is somebody that the fans will get behind. And they, they're in amazing form at the minute. I think they've, in the last four games, it's been three wins and a draw, which has brought them above us, but then back below us with this result. And it was almost... Because they, they played Colchester when we were playing late in Orient. 
And it was one of those ones where if Colchester win, then we get go out of the relegation zone. Or if it's a draw, we go out of the relegation zone. But if Oldham win, we're still in the bottom two. And I almost caught myself thinking, well, I think Colchester are a lot more chance of getting relegated than Oldham are. So it would maybe do us a bit of good for in the short term, us staying in the bottom two and Colchester losing. Just so that Oldham, who aren't going to be there come the end of the season, go up the league and keep Colchester within arm's length of us. You know, it's it's crazy, crazy conspiracy theory, but yeah, look, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's out of our control. But yeah, Oldham, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm just looking forward to going to what was a Premier League ground, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, and it's a nice place, mate. It's a nice place. It's all right around Oldham. Obviously, you've got Manchester not too far away as well, so there's plenty to do. Um, yeah. And uh, I just want to quickly mention Stevenage on abysmal form recently, really sinking down into this relegation battle. <laughs> Those uh, 34 games played as well. So most teams in and around this area have games on them. Um, so it is more and more likely that they're going to start getting really dragged down um, into this battle. Obviously, only two points away from Carlisle. So uh, not impossible to think we're going to switch a Rooney places um, by at least this weekend. Now, mate, for us to be able to end on a bit of fun, um, I suggested that we do your all-time Carlisle United best 11. Um, you've had all day to think about it. Um, that's it. That's all the time you've had. Um, so I'm not saying um, it's going to be perfect by any means. I'm sure every single one of them is is a heartfelt decision by you at the very least. Um, but... <laughs> When we do these, it's very important for us to first establish what formation we're going to be using. Uh, so, Liam, Liam, mate, what formation have you used for your all-time eleven? Carlo United team. I've used I've used a four-three-three, and I should probably say it's it, it's called an all-time eleven, but it's only really players that I've lived. You know, I I can remember that I've got sort of a connection with. So, you know, you're not going to get your Alan Rosses or your you know, your, your, your greats yeah. from the 70s. Yeah, them sort of players. You're not going to get that's them fair. in that team. Yeah, that's, uh, fair. that's fair. That's fair. It's, it's, it's obviously, mm. you have more of affiliation for a player when you've seen them play. Uh, at certain levels of the game, there might be a standout or two that is really a club legend. So you wouldn't be tempted to put a Beardsley in your team, but I never. So, because uh, I never saw him play, so no. there you go. <laughs> well, as well, you look at some of these old legends, you know, under Paul Simpson. You know, Paul Simpson took the Carlisle job in 2003. I was born in 2004. So, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, a lot, a lot of even the, even a lot of even the semi-decent sides of Carlisle are below my time. You know, in my, in my experience of supporting Carlisle, it's, it's been a lot of shit, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> the team's been bad. So, no, so. no you've, had, you've had Zoko. You've had Zoko, right? You've had, you've had Jabbo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, even then, he's, he's I, I still can't really. When when was he in the team? Because I he's I can't so as, as much as I do like him. I I, I haven't got him in my eleven, but no. I remember I remember slightly. He's, he's not one that um, he's not one that I can remember vividly. It's one of those hot and cold players, mate. And when he was hot, he was just unbelievable to watch, mate. It was just so entertaining. Yeah. You could really, you could turn a game on a two pence. Um, but yeah, mate, this is about you and your all-time 11. Uh, so we're going for 4-3-3. Four, three, three. Um, and you've just said there that this team's mainly consisted of players that you've seen play in the flesh. So it's going to be quite a recent team then, because um, so, you're quite a young yeah. man, obviously. So um, let's get cracking with a goalkeeper. Um, you've obviously only got one 
choice as goalkeeper. Who are you going with, mate? It was a tough one because there's two names that's, that came to mind. But I came with the goalkeeper. It, whenever I think about him, I think of him saving a penalty against Felipe Coutinho. You know, because in that game against Liverpool, it's just it's such an iconic thing in my head. Of, uh, it's Mark Gillespie, uh, you know, currently at Newcastle. A brilliant goalkeeper in, 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 in my time as a supporter. You know, he, he's... You know, he he obviously went on to do you know bigger things in the you know he's in the Premier League now. Maybe not starting every game, but I think he's got the, the capacity to do that. Uh, the other choice I had was Adam Collin. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. I was I, for a while I was maybe going to go with Adam Collin just because I, I I really like him and you know all that stuff he's been saying on Twitter recently. So I brought him into my mind. But yeah, uh, no, Mark Gillespie. You know, little ginger kid. He, he, <laughs> I use yeah, it really. I've got fond memories of him, mate. A lad who I've interviewed on the Blue Army podcast before is former Carlisle United uh, goalkeeper and protege, who unfortunately didn't quite make it with the Cumbians. Uh, a lad called Alex Mitchell. Uh, Mark Gillespie was the goalkeeper under him when Alex Mitchell was in the youth team. Um, and so I've always got... I play favourites. I like Alex more. Uh, I feel like Alex should have got more credit. He was good enough to keep Mark out of the team. But obviously... Um, Managers come through, opportunities change and um, players develop and they really impressed in that season and started in that pre-season quite impressively as well. I remember, I think he was still at Trinity Sixth Form, which is a local school uh, in the Carlisle area, whilst um, yeah, that's enjoying that pre-season at Carlisle United. So obviously, you know, a local lads um, in, in, in some senses of the word, he's a Geordie, I'm pretty sure, through and through, not really a Cumbian, but they're... There you oh, have yeah, it, yeah. mate. Um, Mark Gillespie is your goalkeeper in your all-time eleven. So uh, you've got your defensive line, mate. Where are you going to start us with? You're going to start us with a right back or a left back? I'll start with probably the easiest first name on the team sheet, Danny Granger at left back. He he, he just seemed an obvious one to me. You know, it, it was just a, it was one of those ones where club legend, brilliant player, scored some amazing goals, brilliant defensively, great captain. Probably one of the best players I've ever seen play for Carlisle. Yeah, Danny Granger, very easy. Uh, there wasn't really any competition for him either. Um, should I go centre backs next or the full back? Um, um, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, wrap, we'll, uh, we'll go through the defensive line. Yeah, that'll be fun. Let's go centre backs. Let's go centre backs. I have to say, Danny Granger. Um, one of the uh, all-time best free kick takers I've ever seen at Brunton Park. I'd put him in at least. Oh, actually, oh, now so many people have came to my head. At least my top five, um, <laughs> you know, maybe top three. Yeah, top three. Yeah, top three in terms of free kick takers at Brunton Park. Fantastic player, fantastic leader as well, and somebody that will, I think, forever be linked to the Carlisle United job for the rest of his managerial career. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, after that, I've got one that's very recent that I, I, you know, it's probably a very controversial one, but I just thought it was far too good to play at the level he was at. Uh, he's currently playing at a, a league lower because of uh, cash, cash money. Uh, Aaron uh, Hayden. Okay, all right, that'll uh, catch some people off, man. Yeah, <laughs> but he was just, and it was stuff he did in the community as well. He just seemed to absolutely love the club itself, you know. Money calls, and you know, you offer to triple somebody's wages, and it's very hard for them to say no to it, especially going to play what is going to be an easier league. But yeah, Aaron Hayden, he was such a in that run under Beach. Um, you can't really ask for anyone better than him. Um, next to him in the defense, maybe a bit more of an obvious choice, uh, Peter Murphy, you were talking about before. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, club legend. I've always got that image of him lifting the trophy at Wembley. It's, yeah, it's easy choice for, for, for me. Yeah, you know, Irish Republic of Ireland international. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, and great, it, it brought great, great pedigree to the team. Yeah. I've just realised as well, looking at this 11, I, I slate loan players so much, but there's two players in here that I've got in on loan. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, and right back, another more recent one. And I, I, guess, I remember there was a it, game. No, what guess? Go on. Sorry, so go, sorry, go, go on, on, guess, go on, go guess, on right back. Guess. You got Jerry Yates and um, Harper. <laughs> You've got one of them right, but I'll I'll wait and tell you which one is right. Oh, uh, okay, cool. At right back, I've got a more recent player as well, who is one of those ones that I think will go on to play in the Premier League. I I genuinely believe that, and it's an, it's another really recent one, one from last season. It's George Tanner. You know, he's, yeah. he was just such a brilliant player. He was probably. It, there was a time where I used to think our two fullbacks are more valuable than the rest of the team combined. You think you think of sell-on value, him and Armour. I thought you can get a million pounds off them. It's to the right by you know they're, they're such good young players that I think sell-on value they're they're going to be you know they're going to go like hotcakes you know they're, they're such valuable young players and Tanner obviously did go to Bristol in the Championship. I, th- I think he's starting games there. I think he got injured recently actually, but. Yeah, George Tanner. He was just—he was one of those players that he didn't—you didn't miss him until he was gone. You know, he was—you know—he was such. You didn't realize how good he was until he wasn't in the team. Because as good as Miller has been at times, Senior's been good as well. But Tanner has always been the one that's—he's got that quality, and yet he's about half their age, half the age of, yeah. of, of yeah. Miller. Oh, you wouldn't have expected it with, with, with Tanner's background as well, like we discussed earlier. There, not necessarily coming from the best of teams, um, and not really getting the rub in the green there. And he really stepped up his game. Um, Chris Beach, I think, really proved himself to be a good manager with young players and getting them psyched up. But in the long term, yeah. you know, young, a, a young squad will turn on their manager in the long term. That's why you need the experienced heads in the locker room to also be helping you uh, establish, you know, the, the way that you want to play your football and certain just standards as professionals, you know, otherwise eventually young lads, they'll just run amok, you know, and that's just standard um, in, in football really, um, which is why your great teams that have been young teams also have your great leaders, uh, your Man United teams of the past with your Roy Keynes, etc, etc, etc. Nate? Yeah, that's the back line. Pretty decent back line. <laughs> Pretty decent back line there. Um, I'll, I'll, the, I'll We'll go through the ball again at the end. Um, so now you've got, you're yeah. playing 4-3-3. We've already established that. Who is your midfield? Um, you want to start with a winger? A winger? Oh, you're going a winger. central. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I've gone free central. Free central midfielders here in the 4-3-3. Right. Here we go. Um, free central midfielders. I'm going to go with the more attacking of the midfield three first. And that's one of my lone players, Callum Moher. Oh. You know, he was the shining light. And he, he didn't play for us for very long. And he, he's, he's not going to go down as a club legend or anything like that. But he was one of those ones where if you're picking for a one-off game, he just had quality. He was just a quality player. He was one of the best players under that dreadful Stephen Presley era. And he stuck out as one of the players that, you know, first name on the team sheet, we might be losing... Two or three nil, but if anything's going to happen, it's going to come from him. And he's got some brilliant goals for us, and he just looked next quality. He's currently, I think, he won Championship Young Player of the Year last season at Coventry. But 
yeah, if we could, if we, I really wish we'd have got him back the season after on a free. That would have been a brilliant signing for us. But but look, he, he was far too good to play at the level he was at. Uh, and yeah, despite my opinions on the loan market, here he is in my starting eleven. <laughs> That's it. That's uh, it. it does happen. Uh, next to him in the midfield is a bit more of a fan favourite, less quality. It's it's Jason Kennedy, you know, uh, bald, ah, brilliant, 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 brilliant midfielder. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not a terribly long time with the Cumberland, but uh, the Cumbrians. But um, it, it, it was one of those players that played with his heart on his sleeve, really, wasn't he? Yeah, well, that's that's they're the kind of players I love, and you'll you'll probably see that with the player I'm going to pick next to him in midfield. It's just it's he just tried, and that was that's what got him where he was. I think he scored 11 goals for us. When I was researching these players prior to coming on here, talking about my, my starting 11, I'd, yeah, I think he got like 11 goals for us or something like that in not, not so many appearances. He was a good good player to have at the club. And uh, yeah, I'd have him in I'd have him in that midfield. Um, next to him, uh, <laughs> a little bit less of a... This is when I was running a, a little bit out of ideas. It's more of a player. He's still at the club now. Not now. I wouldn't have... It's John Mellish, but not John Mellish from this season. John no. Mellish from that, from that, yeah. from that. John Mellish from that three, from that three or four months where he was scoring every game. Because I think he's prime our John highest Mellish. scoring midfielder. Yeah, prime, prime John Mellish. Mellish. Well, also, yeah. Well, <laughs> so he's there. Yeah, oh, against Newport. Like, there was no, yeah, there was no one better than him really, was it at the time? He was really setting the league alight no. in his time. Yeah. Uh, and that brings me on to my front three. A very um I'm start I, I was I was gonna make a last minute substitution there, but I've decided not to. Uh start with the wingers. Derek Asamoah. Gotta oh, be on right. there, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean like He's legendary be on there. goal against Liverpool. Um I mean with, with, with that purely for that. <laughs> um, I mean I mean he's what he's, yeah, <laughs> purely for that. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like, what are your memories of him, man? I mean, is that it? Is that your go-to? Well, that's my go-to, but obviously he was just... He was just, he, he had a bit about him, didn't he? he? He was a really good player. And that goal against Liverpool, it's not so much the goal itself that stands out to me, but it's James Phillips' commentary going with that goal. I found it online a few months ago, and it was like, he started shouting, the cop is stationary. The cop is styling. Derek Asamoah. The, 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 it was brilliant. Uh, yeah. The Anfield Road ends a wave of blue. It was a brilliant, brilliant <laughs> bit of commentary from James Phillips. And, and, and it makes me think of Derek Asamoah. Um, nice. And that brings me on to my next lone player, the one you guessed right yourself. And he's a player. It's Jerry Yates. It's a player that I think is probably one. And I've seen some good strikers over the years, but... I think he was so underrated. I, I genuinely think he was probably one of the best strikers we've ever had because he. Yeah. he it was just when he. When, I think people didn't rate him as much as I do because he was so so clinical and he was so brilliant. And when we were trying to sign him, I was begging just up the up the demand a little bit more, get him here because we. I'd love him to come back to Brunton Park and you know he's playing in the championship and he's playing well in the championship now and he deserves to be where he is. And it's a classic example of never fall in love with a lone player. And I think that's why I don't like lone players because I felt, because, you know, I, f- I fell in love with Jerry Yates when he was at the club. And I, I just, I wish, I, I so wish he was back, you know, and, and it yeah. scarred me. It, it scarred me. It scarred me with lone players because now I just want him back all the time. He, he, especially when we're going on these long goal droughts and you, you're looking at Lewis Alessandro taking pot shots from outside the area, going over 
you know, over the stand. And I think I just want Jerry Yates back. Like, yeah. <laughs> bring him no, back. Yeah. Under, underrated player, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I feel like I feel like I picked him in 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 the football manager draft that we did over the summer. Um, I feel like he scored as well for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is your yeah. last player now, mate. Your last attacker. Um, who are you going to finish off your starting eleven with? Um, the, to be honest with you, this probably wouldn't. If you'd asked me this a week ago, I wouldn't be in the team. But because of his goal at Leighton Orient, I have just put Amari Patrick in there, just because, hey. yeah, <laughs> just for Leighton Orient. I thought just just to keep up the good vibrations, I'll put Amari Patrick in here. Yeah, he's he's on he's on he's on, he's on, he's on my he's my other attacker. Absolutely, he he's a brilliant player. Yeah, if he had a he's better touch, he'd be playing in the Premier League. I mean, like he's got the pace, he's got a, he's got a fair bit of strength, like you're saying. It is it is a little bit of lack of dribbling ability, but he's still a young lad. He can still pick it up, and 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 we've got him at least until the end of next season. So um, good signing on, on on paper, mate. Now, do, do you want do you want to do you want to give us a recap, mate? Do you want to quickly just go through? Uh, this is this is Liam Denwood's all time uh, best eleven. Matt Gatesby, goal, a bar of Danger, Aaron Hayden, Murphy and George Tanner. In the midfield, in a more advanced role, Callum O'Hare, accompanied by John Mellish and Jason Kennedy, with a front line of Amari Patrick, Jerry Yates and Derek Asamoah. Yeah. Quality. They win the league. Yeah, they win the league easy. They win the league. <laughs> they win the league easy. Oh, man. The Masters League is apparently coming back, and you know you might see a Derek Asamoah or something playing for for Carlisle. In the <laughs> if we're lucky, you never know. You really never know with the Masters League. I'm buzzing to see if that actually does come into fruition, mate. And uh, mate, I've been buzzing this whole episode, mate. It's been a lot of fun having you here. We've got <laughs> we've got way over time because it's been so much fun, man. Um, I'm really sorry if I've eaten too much into your evening buddy but um we'll say goodbye <laughs> no now. you're all right oh that's not very much we'll say goodbye now <laughs> so we, we don't we don't have to eat too much more of it up man uh, so this has been episode 57 of the blue army podcast this week i was lucky enough to be joined by blue army tv's liam denwood uh, you can find him predominantly on youtube i'm pretty sure you should know where else to find him uh, these days what was your Twitter handle again Liam uh, at Liam Denwood that's yeah that's the one that's the one um, so they're the best two places for you YouTube and Twitter you do have other social links and I'm sure you can easily find them on your various social medias just by typing in Blue Army TV and uh, mate it's been beautiful having you here thank you very much for joining me and um, there's nothing else for us to say really apart from Bye for now. Bye. Maras, how's it going? It is my pleasure to introduce you, the listeners of the Blue Army podcast, to our first ever official sponsors. It's Carlisle's number one music venue. That's right, I'm talking about the old 
Fire Station, Carlisle. Relive the 90s Manchester vibe with live music from the happy Mon Days and a DJ set from Clint Boone of the Inspiral Carpets. Happy Mon Days, the number one tribute band to the Happy Mondays, bring you all the cult classics and best-selling hits of Manchester's number one baggy band. And Clint Boone, one of the most sought-after club DJs in the country right now, will play your favourite hits on Saturday the 23rd of April. And those tickets are just £15. This gig, along with hundreds more, is brought to you by the old fire station Carlisle. To buy tickets for this and any other event, please visit www.ofscarlisle.co.uk. OFS obviously stands for Old Fire Station. One more time, that is www.ofscarlisle.co.uk. Okay, get your tickets now. You can also get on all their social media links, Facebook, Twitter, and the rest of them by searching the old fire station Carlisle. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.